Respected brothers, respected elders, mothers and sisters listening at home. Just to continue from where we had left off in the last session. The companions of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam were special individuals, dynamic people. And they had the deepest love for Allah and His Messenger. They knew too well what Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam had said, Al-mar'u ma'aman ahabbah That you will be with those whom you love on the day of Qiyamah. That was a clear message from Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. If your hearts are attached with dunya, then you will be with the worst people on the day of Qiyamah. In this dunya, if your hearts are attached with Allah and His Messenger and pious people, Masajid, on the day of Qiyamah, you will be with the Muttaqeen, the Abideen, the Salihin. The choice is yours. In the last session, we even covered one very important discipline that was given to Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an. Then Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam said to him, Ya Umar, your iman is incomplete. Until I am more beloved to you than anything and everything in this dunya, including yourself. Including yourself. Straight away, Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an looked at Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And said, Ya Rasulullah, I love you even more than my own self. To that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam responded, Al-Ana Ya Umar. Now, O Umar. Now, O Umar. When we study the lives of the companions, Allahu Akbar, they were very mukhlis, very sincere. If they were to befriend someone, there was no ulterior motive. It wasn't that that person... MashaAllah, he works in the council, so let me get close to him. Or that person has got a lot of money, many shops, let me get close to him. No ulterior motive. It was purely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Their love, their relationship, their attachment with anyone was based upon hubbullah, for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the most beautiful example that comes to mind is the relationship between 
Siddiq Akbar and Umar Farooq radiallahu ta'ala anhuma. The two senior, most senior companions of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Such was their love for Rasulullah and they were so close to Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam that one, on one occasion he said to the people that Abu Bakr Siddiq is my right eye and Umar is my left eye. And he said to the people that Abu Bakr Siddiq is my right ear and Umar Farooq is my left ear. This was the closeness, the bonding they had to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa A man by the name Aqra' bin Habis and Uyayna bin Hassan, two individuals, during the time of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Allah's Nabi would give them some extra privilege, some gifts, and at times money was even given to these two individuals. They were leaders of their tribe, great following behind them. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam gave them wealth, gave them honor, thinking that one day if they become sincere Muslims, then everyone will follow them from the tribe and they will also become Muslims. And this was something that was practiced in the early stages of Islam. The Quran speaks of that as Mu'allafatul Qulub. This was Jais. Now Aqra' bin Habis and Uyayna bin Hassan, these were two individuals, mischief makers. At times they would want to become mushriks and at times they would want to become Muslims. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, in order to take control of the fitna that could come out from these two individuals, would sometimes say, right, they love dunya, they love money, they love wealth, give it to them. Now during the Khilafat of Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an, Madinatul Munawwara was the capital. The Darul Khilafa, the point of hijrat of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. These two individuals would come frequently to Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq and ask him and demand a lot of things. One day, both of them came together and said to Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq that we have seen a portion of land outside Madinatul Munawwara which is a barren land and none of the companions have occupied that portion of land. It's wasteland. So why don't you give it to us? Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala and thought carefully. And he found no problem with that. Thinking that Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam at times would give them things. And if they are asking for a portion of land from me, which is of no use at this minute, uh, it's not taken by anyone. So he consulted some of the senior members of the shura and everyone agreed and they said naam no problem Amirul Mu'mineen if this is what you think you want to give them that portion of the land go ahead we have no problem with that now in that gathering Hazrat Umar Farooq was not there Hazrat Umar Farooq was not there Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala and habit was to write down everything and if property was given, 
anything, any land was given, it was written, well documented. What we know to do as property deeds. Property deeds. So in order to give the full authority, Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an would write everything, their names down, that this portion of land has been given to these two individuals. When it came for someone to be a witness, it was the habit of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq that he would always put Hazrat Umar Farooq in the front as a senior witness. So he wrote the name of Hazrat Umar Farooq, but Hazrat Umar Farooq was not there. So he looked around, he says, Umar is not here. He said to Uyayna and Akra bin Habis that look, go and find Hazrat Umar and tell him that Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an has said that you have to sign this document. Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an was in his own farm. He was putting on, uh, he was putting, applying tar on, on his camels. This is what the Arabs would do. Qatran, Qatar, to prevent fleas and other diseases. This is what the Arabs would do. And these were, this was the character of Sayyidina Umar Farooq. What a great man. Usually you'd want the slaves and the servants to do something like this. Here a man like Hazrat Umar Farooq is doing it himself. Now when he saw Akra and Uyayna coming, he wasn't too happy. He knew that these two are freebies. <laughs> Subhanallah. And they came to us at Umar Farooq. Very politely they greeted him and said, Ya Umar, we've come to you from Abu Bakr Siddiq. Radiallahu ta'ala. All we want you to do is sign here. So that Umar radiallahu ta'ala and looked at them and said, Don't you see what I'm doing? Don't you know what I'm doing? You can either wait until I finish or you read to me the contents of the letter, the document. And Akra started reading. Okay, okay, we will read it to you. And then Hazrat Umar Farooq is applying ta. And they are reading. Now, as he started to read, Hazrat Umar Farooq radiallahu ta'ala understood very well what they wanted. He got so angry. He says, both of you come here. And he got hold of that document and he said, this and he spat on it. Out of anger he started spitting on it. Who told you that this portion of land belongs to you? You think that during the time of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the messenger of Allah gave you a few items as gift, so this is going to continue even in the Khilafat of Abu Bakr Siddiq? That was in the early stage of Iman and Islam. If you want to become Muslim, remain Muslim. If you don't, go, become a murtad. And they were shocked. Now here you have the Amir of a Muslim state saying to Hazrat Umar Farooq that you need to sign. And Hazrat Umar Farooq is saying, La. Now to witness something would mean that that person even agrees to it. So he had that authority. But I don't agree. That person is the witness. And he says, No, I don't agree with this. Then why are you the witness? But I don't agree with this. Then if you don't agree, you're not the witness. And both of them got so angry. Now these were leaders of their tribes. And they came running. They came and met Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala with the letter. And they said, 
And we said to Hazrat Abu Bakr, Hazrat Abu Bakr was very calm. I said, you know, sometimes we don't know. Can you tell us, are you the Amir or Umar is the Amir? Can you tell us, who is the Khalifa in Medina? Are you the Khalifa of the Muslims or is Umar Farooq the Khalifa of the Muslims? Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala knew that there's a disagreement now. How simple were the companions, huh? Allahu Akbar. Now the reason why I'm relating this to you is that so we understand that everything was based upon the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They loved each other. Their relationship was unique. Unique. Was it not Umar Farooq radiallahu ta'ala and that got hold of the hands of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq and said everyone needs to get do their bay'ah on his hands. Unique relationship. But here we see for the sake of Allah that Umar Farooq is saying, I disagree. Even if it comes from Hazrat Umar Abu Bakr Siddiq. And so he came behind and he said to Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq, Amirul Mu'mineen, did you consult the Muslims before allocating this portion of the land for Akra and Uyayna? And so Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq said that, well I consulted the senior Shura members, the Sahaba, the companions, you were not there. But I consulted the Sahaba. Hazrat Umar Farooq said, does this land belong to the Shura members, the companions? This land belongs to every Muslim. Every Muslim. You have to consult everyone. And if they all agree, then we give them that land. And I disagree. This land should not go to them. Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala. Can we imagine anything of the sort right now? Very calm. Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq, in a very serious way, speaks to Hazrat Umar and says, Umar, you know, I told you that it would be better if you become the Khalifa. If you become the Khalifa. You will do a better job. Allahu Akbar. For them, fame, name, position, status was nothing. These were people whose connection was only with Allah. They ran away from status, maqam. He said, even now, he said to Akra and Uyayna, that if my brother, Umar Farooq, feels that he is the Khalifa, by Allah, Abu Bakr Siddiq is willing to give him everything and do bay'ah on his hands. And says, Umar, you do a better job. But it is your fault. You rejected Khilafat. You said no and enforced everything on me. Allahu Akbar. Hazrat Umar Farooq radiallahu ta'ala and says, no. Khilafat is yours. Khalifa is you. There is no one like you. That is for sure. But I disagree. This is my opinion. If you wish, you want to do as you have written in your uh, property deeds, the contents, that is up to you. Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq said, No, Umar, your mashwara, your opinion is the correct one. Well, my respected brothers, this is what I'm saying, that everything was based upon the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The sincerity they had. No ulterior motive. Nothing. Khalisatan for the sake of Allah. A great man like Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq is now saying that it would be better if you were the Khalifa. Can we imagine today President Musharraf saying that? Could you imagine Mr. Musharraf doing that? Can you? 
Allah or for that matter any prime minister and any president and any leader and any responsible man can you imagine that? no but these were companions it did not mean anything look at the Khilafat of uh, Hazrat Amir Muawiyah and look at the Khilafat Hazrat Hassan radiallahu ta'ala an, and Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala an, inshallah as we go further we will uh, expound on to that how sincere these people were everything was for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this is why they were dynamic today if we have love for Allah and his Rasul then the next step we need to work into is that our relationship should be for the sake of Allah if A loves B a Muslim it should be for the sake of Allah and if there is a disagreement he should be sincere in that disagreement it should be for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only. Nothing else. Again, when we look at the service of Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala and, and the two, rather, Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq, the great service, khidmah, on the kalam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is Hazrat Umar Farooq radiallahu ta'ala that came running to Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq and said to him, Amir al-Mu'mineen, my opinion is that we need to gather the scattered portions of the Qur'an and have it in one area, one book form. I mean, the time of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the Qur'an was scattered. It wasn't on a piece of paper. Paper was a very scarce commodity in the time of Rasulullah. It was written on uh, parchments of leather, tablets of stone, even bones animal bones like uh, if you look at the camel the bones are huge and large very durable it's like a slate and they would write on the bones of the camels even on the leaves palm leaves this was uh, how the Quran was preserved in the time of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam when wahi came to him Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam would repeat the words very quickly if the revelation came and Jibreel Amin came with the words Iqra' bismi rabbika allazi khalaq Huzur alayhi salam would repeat it Iqra' bismi rabbika So that the verses are memorized But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed this verse La tuharrik bihi lisanaka lita'ajala bih Inna alayna jam'ahu wa qur'ana Fa'idha qura'anahu fattabi' qur'ana Don't rush in the recitation of the Qur'an Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will seal and secure every harf of the Quran in your heart. Subhanallah. That is why a hadith in Tirmizi Sharif it is mentioned وَمُنَزِّلٌ عَلَيْكَ كِتَابًا لَا يَغْسِلُهُ الْمَاءِ Or Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam I have revealed upon you a book, a scripture a scripture that water cannot perish also. Water cannot destroy. As in the kalam of Allah is intact. Nothing can happen to it. No one can destroy it. Last Wednesday I had an opportunity to go and talk about Islam in a, in a church. Subhanallah. And it was full of Christians. Full of Christians. Very learned Christians. And on one side they had the, the Bible. And I put the Quran there. And I said, the choice is yours. 
The choice is yours. Are you going to take the Bible with you in your grave? Or are you going to follow the Quran? And subhanallah, one thing is for sure. Whatever the Quran says, it is true and nothing but the truth. Allah says in the kalam of Allah, and His kalam in His glorious speech, the closest to you are those who say that we are Christians. We are Nasara. And they don't have that pride. They will invite you. Subhanallah. And Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam's heart was the most secure, safest repository for the Quran. Nothing could come close to the heart of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He was completely protected. There was no, uh, no alteration to the words of the Qur'an. You could not change it, add anything, take out anything. It was secured in the heart of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And in addition to that, after every wahi that came to him, it was memorized, sealed in the heart of Rasulullah, and he would call the companions, he had the scribes there, and the companions would memorize every verse of the Qur'an. And in the month of Ramadan, he would do door, recite the entire Qur'an to Jibreel alayhi salam. And the last year, the year of his demise, he recited the entire Qur'an twice. <coughs> Subhanallah. The Qur'an became the food for the companions. Really, wallahi lazim. It became the food for the companions. The companions, Allah had gifted them with such a memory that never mind anything else, even their own genealogy, the names of their forefathers, all the way up, the names of their forefathers, they would, they would know everything. Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala was one of them. Never mind their forefathers, even the genealogy of their animals, horses, they would even know that. They were masters. And any wahi, revelation that came, they would commit that to mind. Memorize it. Or ye jazba mardomini. Even in the women. How much meher dowry did you give brother Idris to your wife when you got married? And we'll put this in the internet. 251 pounds. MashaAllah, sasti mil Cheap. And brother Omar? Pounds. MashaAllah, the price is getting higher. And brother Khalid? You don't even remember giving her dowry. Did you give her any dowry? Are you sure? But you don't remember these things. I hope your wife's not listening to you right now. Now the companions, during the time of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, women would put a condition to their husbands to be, that if you want to give us dowry, we don't want money. The portion of the Quran that you have memorized, educate us, teach us the verses of the Quran, so that we can memorize that portion of the Quran, and that will be your dowry fixed. Subhanallah. So the women in the time of the companions and Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, this was a no. The dowry was, alright, I know Surah Qaf, Surah Safat, Surah Zumar, and 
my dowry is that my wife will know the surahs that I know, the chapters that I know. This is the dowry. It was fixed. And it was accepted. It was food for the companions. Hazrat Ubadah says that when any muhajir, sahabi would come to Medina Munawwara, Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam would join them up with an ansari, both of them would be partners in the recitation of the Quran. The only, the only uh, voice that you could hear in Masjid Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam was the recite by children. If you want to stay in the masjid, you stay in the masjid, you don't distract me. Can all four of you go outside please? Go outside. Go outside. Go outside. All of you out. Parents who come and bring their children, please. It's not, this is something serious. That's the Quran. It's not something that we, we take it for leisure. Slight movement disturbs you and you forget everything. So, there should be no movement, inshallah. Sit, sit, few minutes, adha ghanta, inshallah, Allah will benefit you. Allah will reward you. In the time of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the only voice that could be heard in the time, in the masjid, was of the Quran. Nothing else. And Hazrat Amr bin Salama, who was a young boy, seven years old, he says that my house was in front of this Musafir Khana, a refuge point for the travelers. They would come and stay there. Majority of them were Muslims. When the Muslims came, the only thing I could hear from them was the recitation of the Quran. And he was a mushrik. Amr bin Salama, seven years old. He was a mushrik. He says, before embracing Islam, I had memorized many, many chapters of the Quran because of the Muslim travelers. They would take refuge close to my house and they were so fond of the Quran. It was as if Quran was their food and they would only recite the Quran and I would also memorize the verses of the Quran. And a kufr ki halat. In Portugal, once we had a group visiting the masjid, Masjid Aisha, and there was this one senior lady, old in age, and she said to me that, uh, Imam, I know one chapter of the Quran, but I'm a Christian. I said to her, what chapter do you know? And she read to me in the most beautiful tone, the whole of Surah Al-Fatiha. Whole of Surah Al-Fatiha. A Catholic woman. And I said, how, how have you learned Surah Al-Fatiha? Well, you see what happens. When I am depressed, when I am lonely, when I feel down low, I read Surah Al-Fatiha, the first chapter of the Quran, and I am refreshed. I get better. And if there is a difficult task for me, I read Surah Al-Fatiha, chapter. And she was, the way she was saying it, as if she had studied Islam. Surah Al-Fatiha. And these people, although they are non-Muslims, my respected brothers, don't feel that they are illiterate people. Uh, last, a few days ago, I had a group in Masjid Umar, and I was explaining to them one verse of the Quran. A normal person, a Christian man, as he was about to leave the Masjid, he goes to me, Sheikh, I want to ask you one thing. The verse that you quoted upstairs in the Masjid, is that mentioned in Tafsir-e-Tabari? 
Subhanallah. I was shocked. What? What did you say? What did you say? He said, Tafsir Tabari. Even Muslims don't know what is Tafsir Tabari. It is the shukr of Allah that I get an audience like this and brothers are sitting here. But look at the study they do. I said, did you say Tafsir Tabari? He goes, yeah. The most authentic Tafsir. And I have studied Tafsir Tabari. Oh, do you recommend me to read any other Tafsir books? I said, yeah, Tafsir Ibn Kasir. Read also Ibn Kasir. That's a good translation. But Tafsir Tabari is my favorite. Today we Muslims don't benefit from the kalam of Allah. From the words of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Here we have non-Muslims taking over. But Hidayat is in the hands of Allah. This is a different issue. Hidayat is in the hands of Allah. But as far as ilm, education is concerned, they benefit from the Quran also. Those that are non-Muslims. So Quran was food for the companions. Subhanallah al-Azim. What had happened in the battle of Mauna and in the battle of Yamama, according to one narration, 700 Huffaz were made shaheed. How many? 700 Huffaz. Now here we see that the scholars and the Huffaz, they were not just people who taught the children, but they were in the path of Allah. Something to note. It wasn't just a small class for them. What, what were they? In the path of 700 Huffaz of the Quran, great Quraz. Allahu Akbar. And every Sahabi was a Hafiz of the Quran. Very, very uh, powerful in the recitation. And the memory power, Allah had given everything to them. Hazrat Umar came and he said to Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq, by a few more minutes, we need to do something, we need, a, we need the Quran in a book form. Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq said no. Now again, the relationship, purely for the sake of Allah. And see how unique the two were. Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq is first saying no. Allah is putting in the heart of Hazrat Umar. The man who will decide is Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq. Service again is done by the two senior companions. He's saying no. Hazrat Umar is saying no, yes. Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq is saying no. Hazrat Umar is saying no, yes. Then Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq says yes. Yes, yes. Now Allah has opened my heart. Now Allah has opened my heart. Allah opens the heart. And so he says, okay, we will call Zaid bin Sabit, one of the great scribes of the Quran. Amir Muawiyah was also one of the scribes of the Quran. Hazrat Zaid bin Sabit came. I said, this is what you want to do. I said, Zaid says, Amirul Mu'mineen, if you were to tell me to move a mountain, it is lighter for me than the responsibility that you give me. Hazrat Zaid bin Sabit had no choice. Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq said, no, you have to do this. Now it was sufficient. It was enough for Hazrat uh, Zaid bin Sabit. He himself was a hafiz of the Quran. And from his own memory... He could have written the Quran, the Kalam of Allah, and it would have been recorded in a book form. No. But they took all the precautionary measures. Hazrat Zaid bin Sabit did not stop at that. Making sure that there were witnesses, a written testimony, an oral testimony, was there of every portion of the Quran that was brought to them. And when it was brought to Hazrat Zaid bin Sabit, it was a declaration, an ilan to everyone. Any portion of the Quran that you have must be given to Amirul Mu'mineen. Hazrat Zaid bin Sabit was sitting in the masjid 
verses of the Quran or whatever in a written form that was given, Hazrat Zaid bin Sabit would read it first. And he would look at it. And he knew straight away that this is the verse of the Quran from this surah, this ayah, this verse. Then that portion of the Quran was given to Hazrat Umar Farooq. Hazrat Umar Farooq was himself a hafiz. He would read it and he would say yes. Portion of the Quran, this surah. Then it was given to Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq. Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq would verify it. Once it was verified by the companions, then for each portion of the Quran that was brought to them, they would ask for two independent witnesses, and those two independent witnesses would testify that this portion of the Quran was written in front of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam had agreed that this is part of the Quran. And only that would be included into the transcription of Hazrat Zaid bin Sabit radiallahu ta'ala. Allahu Akbar. And in that manner the entire Quran was gathered and for the first time we had a book form for the Quran during the Khilafat of Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala. This was their service and this is how mukhlis the companions were. And later on, uh, there was a different method of reading the Qur'an, the seven ways of reading. Again, extra service, khidma of the Qur'an was done by Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala an in his time, in his khilafat. Inshallah, we will cover that when we get to the khilafat of Sayyidina Uthman radiallahu ta'ala an. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq that our love increases by the second for the companions. Allahu Akbar, the ummah is in dire crisis. May Allah give us the tawfiq that we follow the footsteps of Sahabai Kiram Ajma'een. Dwaakallah. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina wa Nabiyyina wa Mawlana Muhammadin Nabilumi wa ala alihi wa sallim taslima. Allahumma taqabbal minna wa tuba alayna inna kanta tawabu rahim. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Ya Allah, Ya Rahman, Ya Rahim. Haramain Sharifain ki fazad farma. Allah kareem masjid aqsa ki fazad farma. Allah kareem masjid aqsa ki fazad farma. Allah filisteen walo ki مدد فرما مجاہدین کی مدد فرما جو مسلمان پریشان حال ہے یا اللہ ان کی پریشانی کو دور فرما بیمار ہیں ان کو شفا دے اللہ جو بیمار ہیں ان کو شفا دے جو دنیا سے چلے گئے یا اللہ ان کی قبروں کو منور فرما اللہ ہمارا خاتمہ بالخیر ہو اللہ کریم ہمارا خاتمہ بالخیر ہو اللہ جو لوگ یہاں بیٹھے ہوئے محض یا اللہ تیری رضا کے لئے بیٹھے ہیں اللہ اس مجلس والوں کی مغفرت فرما دے اللہ جو گھر میں سن رہی ہے مستورات یا اللہ ہر ایک کی مغفرت فرما دے سبحان اللہ و بحمدہ سبحان اللہ العظیم سمعنا و اطوانا گفرانا کربنا و علیک المصیر برحمتک یا ارحم الراحمین